people think you do need to go to school. People think you have to have specialized skills. None of that. I can turn anybody into anything. And so, no, you do not need to have special degrees and all of that stuff. No, you don't need to have special skill sets. Honestly, it starts with having a mentor. So if you have somebody that's in the industry that already knows things that you don't know, they're going to help you cut through the fat very easily, whether you're trying to understand the ins and outs of it or you just really want to break into it for the first time. Just knowing somebody, honestly, is sufficient enough because that's how I got in it. I knew somebody that was working at a firm that was doing container projects, and I said, ooh, I want to do container projects too. And so they introduced me as a project management um, expert on that particular project and then from there it led to other projects so I wouldn't say you need to have specialized skill sets just knowing somebody who's in that industry whether it's containers or not is is good enough we are not telling you to quit your job here at off the clock the healthcare entrepreneurs podcast we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you this is OTC University, and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Boyne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paul Shane. Paul, say what's up to the people. Yo, what up? How you guys doing? Uh, shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to everybody on YouTube, by the way. Shout out to everybody in our text um, <laughs> group and our community as well. We love y'all, especially. Um, but yeah, what's up to everybody? Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. So without further ado, you guys know how we rock. You know we love to bring you special guests that just give you so much value. This week is no exception. I am pleased to say that today's guest is a complete lady boss that is just, I don't even know how she's killing it in this industry, but I'm sure she's going to tell us what she can. You can send us the invoice after the episode if you need to. But without further ado, I do want to go ahead and introduce Miss Jessica Lewis, who is the CEO of Mobile Enterprises, a green construction firm dedicated to helping people in building their dream home or commercial spaces via affordable housing projects. Miss Lewis, how you feeling? Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm feeling fantastic. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're blessed. We're blessed and we're good to have you on here. For I real. love it. Thank you. Really all. excited to to get into this because what you do is really, really dope. Yeah. Thank you. So me, so me and Paul were having the conversation before, you know, bringing you on and we just we had no idea how you were able to build the business that you've built in this space. And it was just so unique. So we, it was like a no brainer, like, yeah, we got to get her on here. So, you know, we like to be respectful of your time. We know you are a busy woman. So with that being said, we're going to hop right into it. And right off the bat, let me ask you, how did you even venture into this industry? I know you have a background in psychology um, and I, I know that you, after having that background in psychology, getting your BS in psychology, you went on to get your master's in business management. So 
Talk to us about how all of that came into play. How'd you end up in this industry you're in? Let's hear it. Awesome. Well, for starters, when I got my master's degree, it's actually in project management. And so a lot of people don't know that that was my area of focus. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Uh, and so if I think it, I make it into something. And so um, a while back, I was working on a project. So I've been in construction for a good period of my life. My family are developers, but they do traditional construction. And so I said, it gotta be, y'all work too hard. <laughs> it has to be a better way. Um, so I'm always, I'm never a complainer. I always look at how can we find a better way? And so I started working on some projects on the West coast. Um, I've done projects in California, Nevada, Wyoming, Texas, being as close as possible to here to Georgia, and I hope to bring more things to the Georgia area. Um, we did some stuff in New York, and so my goal with all my things that I was doing was to try to find a way to do construction better. And so I was introduced to container projects by working on my projects on the West Coast. I was like, wow, this is pretty dang on cool, and it's so acceptable there that I said, we have to get this in the Southeast. We have to get this in the Northeast because I'm from Philly. And so for me, when I was working on those projects, seeing how easy it was to construct them and the cost savings and overall, I guess, uh, end user benefit, meaning those who are living in them or working in them, how it benefits them health wise, it was a no brainer for me. And so eventually my partner and I, with the permission of our previous clients, we said, hey guys, we don't want to work for y'all no more. We're going to do our own thing. And so uh, two years ago, we started our own company and it's two years and counting and growing. And it's so exciting to be able to share it with varying groups of people. So you mentioned, you know, getting into instruction. Um, first of all, we, we got to know what would you say would be like the prereqs, right, um, of getting into your industry? And what is required? Do you need a degree to do it? Do you don't need a degree? Do you just need some skills? Do you got to go an apprenticeship? What are the requirements to be able to get to where you are today? Well, interestingly, I have a master class right now that I'm teaching that. So I will give y'all some tidbits because people think you do need to go to school. People think you have to have specialized skills. None of that. I can turn anybody into anything. And so, no, you do not need to have special degrees and all of that stuff. No, you don't need to have special skill sets. Honestly, it starts with having a mentor. So if you have somebody that's in the industry that already knows things that you don't know, they're going to help you cut through the fat very easily, whether you're trying to understand the ins and outs of it, or you just really want to break into it for the first time. Just knowing somebody, honestly, is sufficient enough because that's how I got in it. I knew somebody that was working at a firm that was doing container projects. And I said, ooh, I want to do container projects too. And so they introduced me as a project management um, expert on that particular project. And then from there, it led to other projects. So I wouldn't say you need to have specialized skill sets. Just knowing somebody who's in that industry, whether it's containers or not, is, is good enough. So now, now I need to ask you, um, 
Now I know you say you come from a from a development background, so I know for you, do you, like do you feel like some things were second nature, or do you feel like for the most part you still kind of had to create your own lane, essentially? I still had to create my own lane because green construction is different from traditional construction. So my family are traditional stick built is what that means in case no one understands that part of it. Stick stick built is probably what you currently live in. Most houses are made out of sticks and bricks. So me, that's all I knew personally. And so I've never even seen a container home never been in, never experienced green construction. So green construction is looking at how you can use materials that's recyclable or sustainable as the material in a a property. So rather it's residential or commercial versus the stick and brick. And so that could be metal, that could be bamboo, it could be hemp, all the things that's hot and new right now. That stuff been being used for a really long time. And so I had to create my own lane because I didn't have no experience in that. And neither did I come from that background. So definitely don't feel like you have to, again, have specialized skills. You can kind of create your own lane. So once I saw what they were doing, now let me be clear, the projects that I worked on, the only thing that was green was the container. Everything else was sticks and bricks and everything else in between is used in traditional construction. So I had to learn all kinds of new materials. It pretty much, I was starting from scratch, even though I had been in that industry. So, you know, I think it's almost really important. No, it is really important to bring this up um, because you mentioned, you know, you were starting from scratch, but you'd already been in the industry. Right. And I think a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs especially find themselves in that, weird position where it's like you want to start something new and you don't know anybody around you that can really teach you right so um the first half of the question is this um what did it take for you especially like on a personal you know deep um level to actually take the steps to say hey i'm gonna go do this even though i'm just starting afresh what what was it that pushed you um to actually get to that next level Well, honestly, I'm a problem solver. So I'm not in business for money. And that sounds crazy. No, I don't want to be doing what I do for free. I have bills to pay. But that's not why I got into my industry. I got in my industry to solve a problem. So containers are windproof, fireproof, waterproof. So when you're talking about all the natural disasters that people are experiencing, if they had a container home, they would not go through what they go through. And then we have specialized materials on the inside that are sustainable and green-based. So that means the people that live in our structures have a healthier environment. So people get sick from drywall and wood and all the other stuff that we currently live in. They don't even know that they're allergic to their homes. And so even on the green construction side of things, that's, that's a whole nother level. And then when you're talking about affordability, that in of itself is enough because there's not enough housing. The data, when I look at data and I look at areas that I want to do work in, I'm looking at how much are the people making there, what housing is currently available, and also how is what they're making in comparison to the the rental um, payments that are in that area. And so when I talk about creating my own way, I did that because I use data 
to problem solve. You know, I don't just say I'm doing something for the sake of doing something. I look at a city and say, what's the number one problem here? And from there, I identify that problem and how my product can solve that problem. So to answer your question, always look at what you're doing from a problem solving perspective. You guys are in the healthcare industry. I remember the first person that introduced me to home health care and being a traveling nurse was like 15 years ago, you know, and people who aren't familiar with that, they don't even know how to get into that. So that person was like, well, I had to do this and I had to do that. They were just sharing their story with me. And if I was in the healthcare industry, it would have helped me, but quite naturally, I'm not in the healthcare industry. But even for somebody in your industry, maybe you want to do mobile clinics, maybe you want to do, you know, mobile doctor um, stations and same thing, partnering with the hospitals to build, you know, COVID homes and things like that. It's so much, even in your industry, that you can pivot from being in healthcare and getting into real estate. Yeah, definitely. So I want to I wanna kind of backtrack a little bit to uh, something that you mentioned at the very beginning, and that was this notion of mentorship. You know, and I think obviously for an industry, for any industry, but, you know, especially for an industry like yours that's so unique, you definitely need to find the right mentorship. So the question I have for you is how do you go about finding someone to be a mentor? And based off of that, like what qualifications matter to you about knowing someone and knowing like okay, they know what they're doing and they can help guide me on the right path? So that's a loaded question, but I'll try to make it short because I write about that um, in my book. And so I say it's loaded because people just want to be paired up with anybody. And being a mentor is a special job and seeking a mentor comes from a special place because you have to be open to feedback you have to be open to learning new things and you have to be willing to learn, listen and apply. And so to answer your question, if someone's going to look for a mentor, you have to make sure that person is in alignment with you. What that means is if you have goals and visions, your mentor has to have those same goals and visions. Otherwise, they're going to distract you. And so the worst thing you can do is get into an industry you're all excited and pumped up about, and maybe you got a new vision, and then somebody derails you because they discourage you by saying, oh, that's not going to work or whatever. So I would say some good qualities in a leader is them being open to new opportunities and feedback. Your mentor should be just as uh, have a reciprocal relationship meaning you should be able to teach them new things and they teach you new things. Some other parts of choosing a good mentor is they have to be a true leader. There's a lot of people out there talking the talk, but not walking the walk. And so the person that you choose has to have credibility. So you don't want to choose somebody that really don't know. And I, I'll share a quick story on what I experienced. I chose somebody as a mentor who I thought so very highly of because he was super popular and people really liked him. And when I got into our relationship, being mentee-mentor, I realized that this guy didn't know more than me. I was like, wait a minute here. You are really frying out here in these streets. And so 
long story short, make sure your people who you choose actually know what they're talking about because there's a lot of people out here faking the funk. And so you don't want to, it's no sense of choosing somebody who can't really lend to your, your growth. So I would say the top three is definitely someone who's credible, definitely somebody who's a true leader, and definitely someone that is open and relatable where you can actually learn from them and they can also teach you. That's powerful. You know, last thing you want is you go to find somebody to teach you and then you're like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. I fired them immediately. Listen, I don't play no games. Exactly. You know what's even worse on the back end of that? Yeah. Imagine if I would have kept following him. He would have took me off a cliff and I wouldn't have had a parachute. It would have been terrible. Terrible. Y'all, you got to find your mentors um, accordingly. It's necessary. Um, Okay. So somebody's found a mentor. Um, They found someone who's going to teach them the game, right? Um, They've learned what they needed to learn. So as if somebody can't find a mentor, Um, and they're listening to this episode and like you become the people's mentor, right? Um, what things would you suggest that they need to have in place before even going to think, you know, starting a project, what things are necessary in their lives, in the business, like what do they need to have together before they even get there? I would say top three things, one goals. So it's easy for someone to say they want to get into something, but don't have goals on how to reach it. So if you take the SMART model, um, which I'm not going to go into right now, using the SMART model basically says that it's measurable, it's attainable, it's realistic, you know, and so just come up with maybe a one to three year plan because everybody has to take baby steps, right? The second thing I would say is definitely know how to articulate yourself. So a lot of times when Um, We're talking, we don't know how to talk about ourselves or talk to other people about what we want. And part of it is from fear. Fear is fake, by the way. The other part is that they truly don't know. So I tell people, do not get into uh, certain instances where you haven't done any research and you don't know anything. Because if I didn't know any better, that mentor that I talked about, he'd have let me off course because I'm thinking he knew more about something than I did when the reality is they did not. So at least do enough research to be able to say, hey, I want you to be my mentor for X, Y, Z reasons. You know, you should be able to at least hold an an, uh, intellectual or intelligent conversation about your needs and desires. So I would say to articulate yourself. And then the third thing, again, is going back to continuing to be a learner of life. So oftentimes when we're um, learning new things and we feel like we've mastered it, something else is going to come up that's going to allow for you to grow personally and professionally. So you have to be prepared to do that. So some people, they're distracted in their regular lives. That means they aren't quite balanced. They know they're not organized. They know they're not, they're procrastinators. So you have to be balanced within yourself to be able to then add someone else into your equation. So this is not just professional, that's personally too, because you can't be in a relationship, um, a romantic relationship with somebody and you're not a whole person. So in order for you to be able to give and receive, that reciprocity comes from a person being in an open heart and an open mind to be able to receive from other people. And so I would say, 
third thing is stability. You know, one, definitely have some goals. Two, make sure that you're open to the process. And three, you have to have a little bit of balance, knowing that you can handle adding another person and not be afraid to for allow them to help you be accountable. Because you, like my brother and I, we fight all the time about eating right and exercising. And we challenge each other all day long. Probably not good for that interaction. But even though that's the case, we always rebalance ourselves and realize, no, you may be right about that. Yes, you are right about that. And we kind of bring bring ourselves back to be able to move forward. So I'm bringing a little humor into all of this because we need to have a little bit of fun too. So um, number four would be to have fun with it. Like don't be so stringent and strict and you know, you want to be able to enjoy what you do as well. Let's get into the uh, the logistical side of things because everybody wants to everybody wants to talk numbers. Everybody likes to know the you know how behind it. So, what I want to ask you for anyone who may be listening, and for them, they're saying, "I would like to get into this." Like this, this sounds like a very interesting, um, very interesting industry for me to venture into. But now I'm wondering what kind of capital is required. So my question to you is that what kind of capital would be required? And do you look for investors or loans or what's the the method to the madness? Well, interestingly, you can get into this industry with very little money. And so um, something that wasn't asked yet that could be on your list is who is on your team? So one way is having a mentor, but other ways is who else is around you that can assist and aid you into this industry. Let's say, for instance, we're talking about the real estate side. So to answer your question, um, for instance, I partner with people who've never done a development project ever in life. And because they have rich human resources, so maybe they know general contractors or architects, or maybe they know their politicians or whomever, it's not hard to get buy-in to the right people. So the right people are the ones that will give you money for your project, you know? And so I would say getting into it, um, if you have good human resources, so you know how to talk like I do all day long and you know how to make relationships work for you. I always say if you're network, you can't call on them, then they're not your network because these are just people you know, they're associates. And so to answer your question, cost-wise, human resource is a cost. You know, knowing somebody that can get you in the right door, there's a cost to that. If nothing else is time and energy. But when you're talking about financial stuff, that's when you start to leverage other people's money. You know, you don't use your own. If you can get into um, like real estate investment groups where everybody's pulling their money together. Um, a part of my masterclass, I've been showing people how to leverage their 401ks, their tax refunds and student refunds, a little bit of everything, just so that you can find another way to get in it without it costing you a lot. It's best to just partner with other people who have access to money, rather it's their credit, credit cards, they can get loans for you guys. 
whatever, especially if it's in a nonprofit space, then you can get grant money and be able to do your project. So there's many a ways. Um, I can't say there's one specific way and I can't say there's one specific amount, to be honest with you, because you may start with one tiny home and these are some, and I'll give you an example. I have people who want, who've never been in projects ever, and they may start with one tiny home just so they can get the feel for the industry, but also be able to present that product to their, their um, locale, wherever they are at. And then from there, if they can get clever with human resources, get the media involved, have the media come, oh, look, we're building a tiny home community. Here's our first model home, you know, hype it up, do whatever. And now you got all these people wanting to buy it. So now you got your pre-sale. So now you didn't need money to do your whole development project because everybody that saw this minor project, which is just a model home, they now want to buy it. So they're ready to throw money at you so you can build their home. So now when you want to do a full-on development project, you've leveraged your pre-sales, which in that instance, you need a realtor who's in with the game, you know, somebody that can put it on an MLS for you, the multiple list, listing service, and just rock out from there. It's so many ways to get in the industry, but mainly, guys, it's leveraging your people and your network. That's that's actually, that's one of those gems right there. Um, especially, you know, the fact that you mentioned, like, it does not require that much capital to yeah. get in. You just have to learn how to be a people person. You have to learn how to speak. You have to learn how to be able to leverage everything around you to be able to get you to that point. Um, The question I have deals with time, right? So people always think about how much is going to cost. But then um, the other question, especially when it comes to like construction projects, is things, you know, can always not go according to plan. Yeah. Um, But how much time do you usually allocate um, to a single project? Is there a rough estimate? And then um, do you, you know, take on more than one project at a time um, as well? Yes. Yeah, so typically it's up to about 60 days to do a single family home and up to nine months for a commercial project. We do do multiple projects at once because our team is vast. So what's special about those that are going through my master class and who have me as a mentor is that they're leveraging me like a white label. You know, they're leveraging me, my resources, my people to be a part of this real estate industry. So they're running their miles in their cities and we're coming in and we're doing all the work for them. And so, again, um, when you talk about time for an individual it may take you 20, 30 minutes to have a conversation with your politician about bringing affordable housing to your neighborhood, you know, but on the back end where you're leveraging us is we'll come in and we're doing the whole build out from start to finish. So it's just a matter again of what a person is looking to do. Um, Most of the people that's in my class, they don't want to, they don't want to do the heavy lifting and they're fine with that white label process, but they have no challenges having conversations with people, finding out who the key decision makers are and making those connections to make it easier for us to come in and do build out. I want to shift gears a little bit and I want to talk about, so you have some, you have some books that you've, that you've put up that you've published, huh? We have one book that we've just published and it's teaching people how to start their own apprenticeship programs. Okay. 
how to start their own apprenticeship program. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have a green construction apprenticeship program where we've partnered with the local technical schools down here. Um, we are a registered Department of Labor program. So what that means are is that we are at a federal level. We're able to hire people of all sorts and backgrounds as a part of our green construction process. The book actually teaches anybody from any industry how to do the same exact thing. Um, and that's just book number one. So we'll have book number two, which is going to break down how the aftermath of becoming a federally registered program. And then we'll have like a tip and trick book, which will teach people all the shortcuts. So unfortunately, the book would have been heavy and long and boring um, because if you're not trying to start your own training program, then it's not going, you can't relate to it. And so we tried to make it short and sweet so that people can kind of get the gist of it. It literally is a how-to book talked about all the relationships that we built. So, you know, these people I can actually call on and say, hey, we need to hire some ex-offenders or veterans or whomever. But that book is a way to, it's a tool for you to start any kind of training program. So if you guys are in that medical professional field, maybe you want to duplicate yourself. You know, um, this is a great way to use that book to find out how we did it through our apprenticeship program to create one for yourself to find. And this is a great way for people to scale their business, to be able to find your ideal employee, so to speak. Um, a lot of people don't realize that if you don't train people properly, you'll never keep them. So loyalty comes from how much time it took you to train somebody to do what you need them to do. And even within our program, no one's an employee. When they graduate, they'll be subcontractors. So we're actually gifting them an LLC so that we can subcontract work to them. Same thing that other people can do, but people value jobs more than entrepreneurism. You know, being an entrepreneur is not quite um, embraced as to getting up every day slaving for somebody else. And no offense, because I was once a slave too. You know, I actually just stopped working full time three years ago. So I understand what all goes into being an entrepreneur versus being an employee. And that book is a way to help people create more entrepreneurs. It is not designed to create more employees. And I make that very clear in it. Wow. Where can people find this book? It's everywhere. Amazon, Target, Walmart. Anywhere is how to start your own apprenticeship program. That's the name of the book. It's very simple. You can probably just look up my name as the author. Um, but it's we have it on ebook and print. And what I like the most about it is that it really do give people some keen insight into how to create relationships. Mm -hmm. um, if nothing else in that book, that will be very pivotal to people trying to progress to another level. It really is about who you know. Um, sometimes your money is not even good enough if no one likes you. So, <laughs> you know, so I try to make it very clear to people like, listen, it's sometimes you got to be able to talk to folks. So I, I hate hearing people say, I'm an introvert. What does that mean? That means you don't want to make no money. You sound crazy. Like, get over yourself. Get out. Go meet somebody. Like, come on, man. Like, I see it all the time. 
And so I encourage all my introverts of the world, guess what? Get out and go talk to somebody today. Meet a new friend. You don't have to be like me and my grandmama. Everywhere we go, we meet people. But you should try to meet somebody new once a day. Just say hi to your neighbor. Like, start there and just work your way out as you travel. That's true. You you do have to be like, the best people that make the most are fantastic communicators. I mean, that's what it's all about. Like, if you can't communicate, how can you share your vision? How can you get what you want done? How can you be able to teach others how to do what you do? Um, so, you know, you mentioned that when people graduate from your program, they're not just employees, but they're subcontractors. What I want to know, um, and this, you know, it, that caught my attention because you said you're gifting people their LLCs. Yeah. Why is that? And why would you, you know, even encourage other people that read the book and go through that process? Would you encourage them to do the same for the people that go through their program? And why is that so important um, in this day and age where it's like, it's almost like everybody's becoming an entrepreneur, but why is it so important to have them go through the program first and then gift them um, that graduating gift? Well, that's just how the program is designed. So our apprenticeship program is a two-year program. So they learn every aspect of construction, including green construction, solar, and all of that. And we even have a entrepreneur boot camp school at the end to kind of teach them like the one-on-ones of being a business owner. And so that's why it's gifted at the end, because to be honest with you, not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. To your point, um, there are going to be people saying, no, I'm good. I'm going to just work for you all, you know, and we recognize that. So instead of us saying they'll know at the beginning that that's going to be a part of the program, but that doesn't mean they're going to accept it. And so if they say, no, I don't want it, guess what? Not a problem. We're just going to allow for them to continue to work for us and move towards those still who want to work for us or be their own business owner. We want to encourage more entrepreneurism because that's where true empowerment comes from when you're able to be a boss and make boss moves and make boss decisions. And so a lot of people are entrepreneurs because they just like the way it sounds. They be passing out them business cards and ooh-wee, but that does not make them business owners. You know, it takes a lot of work to be in this industry. And so even with what we're trying to encourage people to do is also for them to grow their companies the way that we're growing our companies and for them to get out of the business. Most entrepreneurs, they work in their business. So if you know the four quadrants that Robert Kiyosaki talk about, we're not that fourth quadrant. We can't get past the third because we're always like, oh, well, this is my business. It got Jessica Lewis and bright lights and, you know, our egos drive us and why we're entrepreneurs. But the reality is in order for you to keep it, you have to give it away. So if you don't train other people to be a certain way to step in to help you run your business, then you're going to work in your business until you die. And that is not what it means to be a business owner. <laughs> it's just funny how things come full circle. We, 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 we preach a lot about how difficult being an entrepreneur truly is because a lot of people still think it's a game. Um, yeah. So I, I'm just... I'm grateful that that message keeps coming up because I think people need to really understand that when we say that 
it's not just us saying it. Everyone, you ask any successful entrepreneur, you ask anyone who has been in the game for a while, they'll tell you the same thing. They had to take their fair share of bumps and bruises to be able to, to get to where they are. So with that being said, a question that I want to ask you in terms of, in terms of your experience and in terms of um, everything that you kind of had to go through in order to get your business to where it is today, what do you, what would you say has been the, the biggest obstacle for you being able to get to where you are? For me, it's just being a woman. Um, <laughs> I'm just being honest. No, like please. I'm in a male-dominated industry, and ooh we these people try to challenge me every chance you get. I don't really get it that much from other women, but um, I think because it's a male-dominated industry, a lot of men don't feel it. it's impossible that she knows as much as me. If and it's definitely not possible that she know more than me. So it's fun and exciting and hilarious. I'm telling you, every day I meet people, it just always brings a smile to my face. It never bothers me because I love teaching people. And it's never to demean them or to prove a point to them. It's just because I know what I know. And guess what? You don't have to like that I know more than you or I know as much as you. But the reality is, if you want to do business, you have to be open to knowing that I know something. So I ain't in this business just taking up space, you know, and I've definitely haven't gotten as far by not knowing anything. So I I noticed that once I became a, an authority figure, meaning lots of public speaking engagements, things like that, all of that went away. It's like, well, maybe she knows what she's talking about because everybody keep asking her questions when he shows it. You know what I'm saying? So that was really the biggest thing, just being a female in a male-dominated industry. You know, what I like the most about real estate is that between that and insurance, those are going to be the two ways that we as people are always going to be able to make the most money. Um, I've learned how to leverage insurance policies to buy real estate and I mean, you name it, I've been learning as a part of my journey. And so as you learn more about real estate in general, you'll find that it's so it's so vast and broad and it's just a lot. And so I'm grateful being a female in the industry because I can lead the way for other females, but man, they sure ain't going to let me do it easily. <laughs> That's why you're a boss. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right. Because if I work with somebody else, they really be giving me a hard time. Exactly. And I, exactly. And I used to experience that on the other on the east Co- the west coast. So I've been there and done that already. It's like, how does she just know so much? Why is she so smart? You know, like this is in my DNA. I don't know no other way, you know. No, I love that. I love that. Um, I gotta ask, uh, what would you say our overall has been like the craziest or the most interesting project you've taken on? Oh, it's going to be my own project. No one has asked me for an underground house yet, but my home will be partially underground and partially above ground because in my head, the apocalypse is coming and I need to get ready. So if people don't have a code, they come to my house, I was like, Jessica, let me in. I'm going to say, what's the code? And if they don't know the code, they cannot get in. And they can run all through the top of their house, but I will be below the house. So honestly, it will be my own first project that will be underground. So it's a 10,000 square foot home, 
5,000 is underground, it has five floors, and then the other five is above ground. So that's what people see when they pull up to the property, but there are secret doors and all that stuff where if the apocalypse come, I'll be downstairs uh, with whomever is already in the house because I ain't let nobody else in because they may be a zombie and eat me, but I will have all that down below. I know, see how y'all laughing? Because y'all think I'm playing, I'm serious. Listen. One thing I know about the world is that we've survived a lot of stuff, and I'm not really saying the apocalypse is coming, but I do know that we're already not prepared for our natural disasters. You see how many times the flooding, the hurricanes, all that stuff just wipes communities all the way out. That's fine. If it comes, it's going to have a hard time because my house is made out of containers, and if it was bold enough to wipe it all away, I'll be underground still alive. So I'm just looking at it from that perspective. Like if people think more like how what we're experiencing and just being really open-minded to being creative about their home buying process and home creation, more people probably would do underground houses. But I have not had anybody ask me for one, but that's okay because I'm going to build my own. <laughs> no, that's dope. I love that. Um <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, though. I've definitely had that idea before. Like, I need to have a nice little underground lair, you know, where yeah. I can get to that I don't want to get to. So I'm with you. I, I feel that 100%. Um, I want to <laughs> ask you now uh, something, something that you mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago that I thought was, was pretty interesting. And I don't know how much you can tell us, but you mentioned the fact that you – you learn how to be able to uh, leverage insurance in real estate. And that's something that I don't think I've really heard much on that before. So when you, when you say that, what, like, in what ways can you kind of leverage that without, you know, I know you can't give away too much. Oh, no, I can give it away because no one does this. Okay. So, you know, for one, your insurance policy, most people, have their traditional insurance policies. So I'm going to give y'all three tidbits about how you can leverage stuff you already have to get real estate. I'll start with the 401k. If you're saying, you know what, I don't want to work for y'all no more, people don't even know that they can take their 401k that they had at their job and transition it into a solo 401k where it's an employer-led. So you go from an employee-led well, it's still an employer lab, but it was your old employer to you being your own boss and having your own 401k plan. You can actually access all your money if it's being used for real estate or cryptocurrency or fill in the blank. So the solo 401k as a vehicle to invest in real estate is there. So if you decide to quit your job, you cannot do it. You can do it while you're there. You can actually create your own real estate fund. But keep in mind, when you're doing a 401k loan, while you're still working, you have to pay that back. Whereas if you're doing it as an employer, your own employer, your own business owner, 401k led, you can now transition that money over and use it for real estate and take however long you want to pay because you create your own terms, right? Because you're an employer. Whereas when you work the job, you always have to pay it back, you know, with interest or whatever they have you do when they take it out your check. So that's one way. The second way is 
what you just asked about, which is the insurance products. So with insurance products, what I like about them is if you have some sort of money, it doesn't matter what it is. Let's say you're just trying to hide your lottery winnings. I don't know. You take all that lottery money, you dump it to insurance policy. Now you got an insurance policy for, it's what they call the paid up policy, but whatever it is that you have. Um, so let's say it's $50,000. I don't know. But you can, that same money you just dumped into the insurance plan, you wait like 30, 60 days. Usually it's not even that long. I think it's 30 days. And you can take that money right back out and go use it for whatever you want. And you still have your insurance policy intact, but you're able to use that money to go and buy real estate, do whatever you want. It's a loan off of your money. You put it in there, but you attached it to the insurance. So that insurance still keeps its full value. So if it's a $100,000 policy, that's never going to change. But you're taking cash value out that you can use for whatever you want. All legal stuff. Now, the third way that I tell people that, you know, if you're leveraging money, Let's say you have a, a CD, let's say you got some other kind of savings or whatever. It could be even your Bitcoin. Um, that's a way for you to leverage other money that's just sitting there doing nothing to purchase real estate with. So we're creating Bitcoin mortgages. So that's a way for people to do Bitcoin mining and be able to take their cryptocurrency. They get the money, makes the money for them. Part of it goes towards their mortgage, the excess money gets, they get to keep it. And so we're coming up with more creative ways to even get out the, the, mon the our normal monetary system. So the Bitcoin houses or other kind of cryptocurrency um, will be a part of our mining facilities we'll be able to kind of leverage that stuff too. So I may not made that fully clear as far as like the Bitcoin and CDs and savings, but if your money's just sitting there doing nothing for you, Bitcoin, eh, maybe not so much because I see it's going up, went up 40% in four months. But with your savings and CDs, that's an easy way for you to leverage money that's just sitting there doing nothing to get into real estate, um, especially if it's you and other people. So I always say, um, don't try to go in it alone. Um, sometimes you can create your own little investor group. And if y'all all agree to do, for instance, container homes, then y'all all can pull your money together. And then the yield on that is much higher because you have less risk, they have less risk. And then from there, you guys are able to build out communities where you're going to make money off of every single house that's in that community. So there is plenty of ways, again, to leverage insurance, 401ks, CDs, and savings accounts to do different things. Just have to have a little bit of guidance and get creative with it. But those are ways that I've gotten into real estate. So I got into real estate when I was, I think, 18. And my first real estate project was tax liens and tax deeds. So you can do wholesaling and tax liens and tax deeds to flip your money a little bit to get more money up to do real estate development projects. But most of my people that I'm coming in contact with, they're like, Jessica, I don't want to do all that. How can we skip the line? And that's where the masterclass class come into play because I'm teaching them how to leverage all these different things in order for them to get to that end result, which is doing real estate development projects without having to do the development. <laughs> Listen, I almost got to go run a lap right now. I am so mind-blown. <laughs> it's a lot. Man, it's just so much stuff we don't know, you know? Holy crap. All right. So, because I got to ask this question, you know, especially given the fact that, for example, down in Georgia, right, you see 
a development popping up like every other week. Yeah. Somebody's putting something up every other week in some random field that you didn't even think was there. Yeah. Um, what you just said has taken, you know, the listeners and our knowledge of how to do real estate from like, let's say a five to yeah. definitely like a 15. Yeah. Right. Because, because the opportunities, the avenues have opened up and that's what I was saying. I was really hyped because one, I never, I, before even, you know, coming into contact with your stuff, I never knew you could do construction projects out of containers. I, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. You know, to me, that was like some futuristic concept. And yeah. when we saw it, I was just like, yo, <laughs> that's crazy. But, you know, just to see overall the process, you know, definitely, um, you know, plug where people can find your masterclass because we got to attend. Um, uh, yeah, please. You know, um, but, um, shippingliving.com. Yeah. You can sign up online. Yeah, through our website. Okay. And everything and about our website is on there too. So oh, perfect. We want to help people really become informed about container usage. So my ideal customer is somebody that don't know a thing. You know, they're like, well, I saw something on HGTV. And I'm like, okay, what did you see on HGTV? And, you know, I just take them through their whole journey. You know, I appreciate people saying, listen, I don't know none of this. Please help me. You know, so I appreciate you in that transparency as well. Yo. (laughs) You took us to school today. Thank you. That was my job. Job completed. Wow. No, seriously, like... (laughs) Coming, that's that's why we were so excited coming into this episode because we knew we knew that there was so much stuff about this space that we didn't know, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's just so amazing because one thing me and Paul always discuss, and I hope I hope our listeners, you know, that have been rocking with us from the beginning, or even if they popped on at some point, realize it is that there's just so many ways to make money. Yeah that if you're not out there making money aside from a job and again if that's you that's what you want to do that's fine you know but there's just so many different routes out there that you really can't point fingers you really can't blame anyone but you if you don't make it happen um so thank you for taking us to school because that was definitely so interesting and so unique compared to, you know, a lot of other avenues and a lot of other ventures that me and Paul have discussed and that, you know, we've had various guests come on and talk about as well. So uh, once again, just just thank you for coming on. Thank you for dropping that knowledge on us. Um, before we let you go, though, for anyone who's listening and they're like, I got to join this masterclass or I got to get in touch with her what social media info or what contact information, what, anything you want, go ahead, plug it. Awesome. Thank you. Instagram, Shipping Living. Facebook is Mobile Enterprises. LinkedIn, Mobile Enterprises. That's M-O-B-U. And that stands for Modular Building Units. Now, no one knows that. Now you guys know. Um, (laughs) And then Facebook is Everything is either shipping, living, or mobile enterprises. You can Google us and find articles about everything that we've done. And remember, you guys are your own. Uh, people want 
reparations. You are your own reparation. Just realize how great you are, how awesome you are, how smart you are. We've invented every single thing that's known to man. You are your own rep reparation. If you're sitting around waiting for someone to give you a handout, you're going to hold your breath and die because people aren't going to help us at that level. We have to help ourselves. So definitely find us shippingliving.com and all our social media channels um, and be able to easily kind of get connected with us in our website. You can send us messages. <laughs> I'm just so grateful that we got you on the episode. You know, like seriously, th this was a blast. And thank you. Um, we definitely, we definitely got to, got to, got to talk a little bit more off the air. Okay. But before we go, Paul, talk to the listeners about this special number they need to go ahead and text. Listen, to the listeners, y'all know what I'm about to say. Text us. Please text us. I'm not going to beg y'all, but the reason why I need to text us is because we're going to get the shirt. I got the black on today. Carl has a white. We're rocking them. Look, these things are probably the flyest one. thing. You know what I'm saying? Look, they listeners, listen. Things are dope. Text us at 321-384-6275. Text the word shirt to get your shirt today. Yes, as always, you can get it customized, put your name on it, rep your set, whatever you want to do. Um, but listen, we're just trying to make sure that you are represented in the healthcare industry. Um, want to make sure that you can show the people what you're about, because when you clock on, man, and you're off the clock, you're trying to make your dreams come true. You know, like um, Miss Jessica said, like, hey, listen, you have to be able to claim your own stake. And if you sit around waiting for someone to hand it to you, you will not get it. So get your shirt, text 321-384-6275 to get it today. And, you know, just look fly. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> to our lovely love listeners, y'all know how much we love you, how much we appreciate you. If you got some value from this episode, please, please reach out to Jessica. Tell her how much you learned like we did because... I didn't know a lot of that stuff. I'll be honest. Um, but also go ahead and show us some love on our platforms. You know, go ahead and shoot us a follow on IG. If this is your first time listening, that's at OTC University. Also, you can go ahead and subscribe, share, leave a five-star review, all that good stuff. We love y'all. Thank you. Until next time. Thank you, guys. As a matter of fact, let me throw this in real quick. Listen, go and leave us a five-star review and then text a number, text the word review to it, and we'll give you a 20% discount on your shirt. But you have to make sure to go leave the review and text us the word review after you're done. We can see the review. So, you know, don't just, you know, you can't slip one past us. But we want to make sure that, you know, we can be able to get this podcast out to more people because that's how the platforms work. You leave a review, more people see it. Um, but do that. Texas will give you 20% off. The clock is ticking. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Many blessings. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.